0: blog talk radio all right sports fans how's everybody out there doing William Martin coming at you one more time here on blogtalkradio.com with another edition of the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge Show. As always, I want to take this time out to thank all of you fine folks out there for tuning in this evening. And as always, the guest call-in number is going to be 626-231-0309. I repeat, 626-231-0309. And on this wonderful evening of February the 20th, 2018, I can gladly once again tell the world, that Miss Runner's baby boy is back on the air. Now, credit to the NBA because they gave us a competitive all-star game on Sunday night. And I say that because in the last few years, the all-star game flat out became unwatchable. It was a glorified practice. Whomever got the, the inbounds pass would dribble the ball up court. Everybody would be trotting, be a situation, the person with the ball, okay, do I spot up at the three-point line and attempt a shot, or do I drive to the basket? And it really took away from the effect of the game. People did not want to see it, myself included. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver decided to change the format. There wasn't an East, uh, Eastern Conference versus Western Conference affair as it was simply Team LeBron versus Team Steph. Of course, both of these guys picked their teammates. And the end result was a much more competitive game. There was defense played. I saw guys even taking it as far to mouth with the refs over disputed foul calls. And even on the game's final play, where Steph Curry missed the three-point shot, which would have sent the game into overtime, there was a legit effort on defense by team LeBron because Steph Curry had about two or three guys going at him. And I mean, honestly, that's what it's all about. It's all about the competition. We saw it credit to the NBA. And now it is time for the stretch run in the regular season. And with that said, we are now starting to really, I mean, we kind of had a feel of who the title contenders were going to be heading into this season. But now we have a much better feel. Of course, the trade deadline and the league was recently. We saw some key moves made by teams, like, which include the Cleveland Cavaliers. And I want to start off in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you look at the Atlantic Division, for starters. It's a two-team race between the Toronto Raptors and the Boston Celtics. Now, the Celtics have been a top team in the division and the top team in the Eastern Conference, for the majority of the season. Boston right now, they've hit a speed bump. They went into the All-Star break, losers of their last three, and because of that, Toronto not only passed them for first place in the, the division, Toronto also passed them for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. You look at this Celtics team, they're going to get Marcus Smart back, and, of course, he is one of their better Perimeter defenders and there's Actually an outside chance that they could get Gordon Haywood back at some point This season of course we saw the horrific Injury that Hayward had uh, To begin this year with the Celts I don't think that it's going to be a situation Where the Celts are really going to push The envelope so to Speak to get Hayward back I know Their long-term outlook is to get Him back healthy for next season But even if he did come back this season You couldn't expect him to give them more uh, the 10 minutes per game but he has a body I mean you look at Kyrie Irving Granted you know there's no questioning The fact that he is the guy On his team the Celtics remain Quiet at The trade deadline and That's because I think that Danny Ainge has something Up his sleeve uh, You know the Celtics have you know multiple draft Picks this year they could use it to get A trade they have some young talent uh, With the likes of Jason Tatum and Jalen to team with Kyrie Irving we can't forget about Terry Rozier either and I know like I said the Celtics were slumping heading into the break but I think Boston is going to get it turned around you look at the Raptors they went into the break winning seven in a row nine out of of ten overall they're 41 and 16 and I don't think that Dwayne Casey is getting enough credit for the job that he has done with this squad and I think it's due to the fact that you know Toronto they came up short the last two years and really, you can't hold that against them. I mean, two years ago, Toronto got to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. They lost in the six games to a Cleveland Cavaliers team that was simply better than them. There was no getting around that. You go to last year, the Raptors were dealing with injuries by the time that they met the Cavs in the second round, and Cleveland just ran rush shot through them as they swept them. Now, this time around, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are once again playing good ball. Toronto is getting good contributions from the people around Lowry and DeRozan a la Jonas Valanciunas. But My thing is I think that Toronto could be peaking a little bit too early, and that is important because you look at the Celtics. The Celtics stumbled, and I really think that this break is going to give Boston the opportunity to get back on track, and I think that Boston will overtake Toronto for the top spot in that division. But then you look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is a team that was getting it going, heading into the all-star break. And I do not see the Cavs taking their foot off of the throttle. They won their last four heading into the break. And for the first time all season long, I finally saw some cohesion with this team. Because like I talked about it before on my podcast on 300poundsofsportsknowledge.com, And the trades that the Cavs made just prior to the deadline, not only did they get rid of the malcontents, they brought in guys whose skill sets complemented LeBron James. You look at George Hill. George Hill is a solid perimeter defender, and he's also a solid ball handler. You look at Jordan Clarkson, another proven ball handler you look at Larry Nance Jr., I've always thought that Larry Nance Jr. was underrated. I remember watching him in Wyoming, and in his last year, he was a Mountain West Conference's Player of the Year. The guy can flat-out play. He can run the floor with LeBron James. You bring in Rodney Hood, a solid shooter and a solid perimeter defender. Now, you get all of that together. These guys are quality role players. And they understand their role as far as playing alongside LeBron. They're not there to mess up the honeypot. They're not worried about contracts. They're not worried about stats. They're worried about winning. And with them being there, it has reignited LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is always in the MVP discussion. Let's not uh, dance around the floor on that matter. But it is a situation where... Now he has been reignited, and I think LeBron is going to take his game to the next level, which is actually scary. And at the same time, if LeBron is going to take his game to the next level, the Cleveland Cavaliers as a whole will follow suit, and this Cavs team is going to be dangerous. I mean, right now, they only have a two-game lead over the Indiana Pacers for the top spot in the Central. But Cleveland is going to win that division, and I think that between now and the end of the regular season, they're definitely going to distance between themselves and the Indiana Pacers in that division. You look at the top three spots in the Eastern Conference right now. Toronto is first. You have Boston, who is two games behind the Raptors. Then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers in third, who are six and a half games out. The Cavs are going to close the gap because, number one, I think the Raptors at some point, they are going to cool off. They're hot right now. They are going to win at least 55 games. I will give that to Toronto. But I'm not sure if they have enough to hold off both Boston and Cleveland. Boston has another surge in them. Cleveland, I don't see them cooling off right now. It's going to be tough. I don't think Cleveland finishes this season with the best record in the East just simply because they they had a little bit of ground to make up before or uh, between now and the end of the regular season, and that's due to you know the struggles that they had early on when everybody was not on the same page but I think for Cleveland as opposed to both Boston and Toronto. Playoff seeding really is not important to this team. And I say that the Cavs don't have to finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference to get to the finals. They did it a few years ago when they beat the Atlanta Hawks in the conference finals. They did not have home court advantage. They won the NBA championship in 2016 when they did not have home court advantage. So, I mean, it's a situation for the Cavs. This team is battle tested, and now that they are all on the same page, they are definitely going to be a dangerous team when the postseason rolls around. Now, you look at the rest of the playoff contenders in the East. You have the Washington Wizards, who are fourth, the Indiana Pacers, who are fifth, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are sixth, the Philadelphia 76ers, who are seventh, and you have the Miami Heat. Who are eighth? Now, of course, the Wizards right now, they are 33 and 24, and they are doing this without John Wall, their all star point guard. And say, call it whatever you want. Right now, this Wizards team, they're actually playing with a little bit more uh, cohesion without John Wall in the lineup. However, I still say John Wall is extremely important to the success of this Wizards team. And the Washington Wizards, I have to say, they're the ultimate enigma of the Eastern Conference because they can beat any team. But the problem with the Wizards, they always don't come to play. And, you know, they, when, when they're in those key situations, they always find a way to not show up. And, and I, I could see a situation where the Wizards finish fourth in the East this year. And, you know, they get to the second round and they have to play Toronto or Boston. And they will give each one of those teams all that they can handle. Washington will have their opportunities to win and advance, but they have been a franchise that has simply been unable to seize the moment. You look at the Indiana Pacers, they're 33-25. and 25. They're a half game behind the Wizards or fourth place. And, you know, credit to this organization because they know what they're doing. Why? You trade an all-star small forward in Paul George and you actually got better because you look at this Pacers team and they are loaded with with young talent. Victor Oladipo has really come out, and he has really become a household name this season with the Pacers. You also have the likes of uh, Demontis Sabonis on his team, and Miles Turner in the front court. And the Pacers, they're a young team, and they simply don't know how good that they can be. And I don't see them advancing to the NBA Finals, but they are going to be a tough out for somebody in the postseason. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they're in sixth place. They're 32-25 in the Bucks. They're another team that's tough to figure out. I mean, Jason Kidd has already been fired this season as their head coach. And, you know, the Bucks are another one of those teams. They can beat anybody in the league. But they have also shown that they can lose to anybody in the league as well because they simply have not figured it out as far as what it takes to simply come out there on a night-to-night basis and bring it. You look at the Philadelphia 76ers who are in seventh place, and they finished the first half of the season winning their last five games in a row. The Sixers are 30-25, and and they are flirting with having a winning record for the first time in several years. Of course, you know, we've heard about the whole thing over uh, recent years as far as trusting the process. We saw the Sixers consistently draft guys who were injured and could not contribute to this club, but it is finally all coming together in the city of brotherly love. You look at that one-two combination, you have Ben Simmons at the point and, of course, Joel Embiid at center. And these two guys are the future of the NBA. Now, the Sixers, you know, with Simmons, you know, he is still struggling as a shooter, and I think that's something that he is going to develop. It's going to take him a few years uh, to do that. And, of course, you know, the Sixers need to keep uh, Joel Embiid healthy. But I guarantee you, I mean, it's a situation I don't see the Sixers advancing in the playoffs, even past the first round. But whomever it is, whether it's Toronto, Boston, or Cleveland, that they will face in the first round, they are going to make life tough for that team, especially uh, you know, if it's a situation if they're facing the Celtics. Why? Because the Celtics simply don't have anybody who could stop Joel Embiid in the middle. Now, you have the Miami Heat right now. They were clinging to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference, and they've really fallen off quickly because it was just a few weeks ago that Miami was fourth in the East because they were in first place in the Southeast Division, but it was also uh, the way that they were playing. They brought back Dwayne Wade uh, from the Cavs, and it's a situation. They have not played the same since he got there. I mean, granted, the Heat team simply just doesn't have a lot of stars, they're playing hard for their head coach, Eric Spolstra. They do have one of the better defenders in uh, on the interior on their team. And Hassan Whiteside, he can grab three rounds and block shots with the best of them. And I think it'll be a huge shot in the arm for Miami just to simply make the postseason. I mean, they missed it by one game last year. They finished 41-41. and 41. They were tied with the Chicago Bulls for that last spot. And the East and Chicago got it via the tiebreaker. But if Miami could, you know, just find a way to squeak into the postseason, even if it's even if they just get there. I mean, granted, even, even if Miami gets swept, I think that would be a huge shot in the arm for this organization going forward. The one team that I think uh, could give the Heat a push for that final spot in the East right now, you look at the Detroit Pistons. Detroit is a game and a half behind Miami for that final spot. And if you're the Pistons, you have to make the playoffs because you look at everything that they gave up to get Blake Griffin. And now you have a front court with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. But the Pistons still have questions at the point guard position, and that is um, something that their head coach, Stan Van Gundy, has not figured out yet. And until Van Gundy gets a guy who can run – The point for him in a quality fashion As far as distributing and getting The other guys involved, a la a Griffin A la an Andre Drummond You're going to see the Pistons struggle, and that right now In my opinion is what is holding this team Back from not only being a uh, Playoff team, but also having the potential To make some noise in the East Uh, You know, the Charlotte Hornets They stayed pat, surprisingly, at the trade deadline They didn't trade Kimball Walker, Dwight Howard Or Nicholas Batum But I simply don't see that they have enough to catch the Heat or the Pistons. That's the biggest thing. Because at this point, if the Heat fall off and miss the playoffs, I think the only team that they would lose out to would be the Detroit Pistons. You look at the New York Knicks, they lost their last eight to finish the first half of the season. And, of course, once Kristaps Porzingis was lost to that torn ACL, that changed the landscape of that team. The Chicago Bulls, of course, they started off so slow – and they got it going once Nikola uh, Miritich came back to the lineup. But since then, he has been traded to the New Orleans Pelicans as the Bulls are still looking to, you know, rebuild going forward. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, nothing was expected of this team this season. They are competing more. They're 19-40. And, and if the Nets could find a way to win 30 games, I think that would be a huge shot in yarn for this franchise heading into the summer. You have the Orlando Magic. They're still a training record, 18-39, and 39, while the Atlanta Hawks – Have made no secret about it As far as them rebuilding I mean like I said before the three teams to Look out for Excuse me in the east you have the Raptors You have the Celtics and you have the Cavs But in my opinion It's going to come down to either The Celtics or the Cavaliers As far as coming out of the east When the Cavs are going through their struggles I said that The way that they were playing at that moment There was no way that they could beat the Celtics and I know that the Cavs, they blew out the Celtics uh, in their recent meeting just before the break. It's a situation, I think it's more of a toss-up now between those two things teams, because it's like the Cavs are clicking. And at some point, the Celtics are going to get back on track. And I think the depth of the Celtics and the fact that they can play D will allow them to make a run in the playoffs. You look at the Cavs, they're going to get Kevin Love back. And I don't see a situation with Kevin Love coming back where the chemistry of this Cavaliers team is going to be thrown out of whack because the other guys that the Cavs brought in like I said before they know their role they are not and I repeat not going to rock the boat with LeBron because they simply know you know the ship that they are on and the last thing that they want to do is cause any issues Toronto they're still too reliant on their backcourt of Lowry and DeRozan. They don't have enough consistent scoring up front, and because of that, that is what is going to hinder them. You're really going to see them uh, get exposed to that nature when the postseason uh, rolls around when they face the likes of the Celtics and the Cavaliers. Now you look at the Western Conference, and of course we all know the Golden State is a team to beat in the uh, Pacific Division. They basically clinched that division. They're 44 and 14. Sacramento Kings and Phoenix Suns have already been mathematically eliminated from winning that division. Now, the second-closest team is the Los Angeles Clippers, and they're 13 games back. So you can just hand the, uh, the Warriors that division. You look at the Northwestern division, and this is a race right now because you have the Minnesota Timberwolves who are in first place. Oklahoma City is just two games behind them. Denver is two and a half games back, as are the Portland Trail Blazers. And then you have the Utah Jazz who are in last place, but they're only four and a half games back. And for the Timberwolves, you know, there are some people who will feel that they should be a little bit better than what they are. They're 36 and 25. But this is still a young team that is attempting to gel. And I look at the Timberwolves, they have a head coach in Tom Thibodeau who loves to slow it down, but they have a team that is more, would be better off if they were allowed to open it up and run a little bit more. But then I also look at a Timberwolves team that likes to settle for jump shots a little bit too much. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler is not a consistent jump shooter. The same thing can be said about Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. When you put Carl Anthony Towns in the post, there are not too many centers in the NBA that could stop him. When you put Jimmy Butler in a post, there are not too many small forwards who can stop him. You look at Andrew Wiggins with that length at 6'9", and I I mean, that guy is simply meant to run the floor. So I think the, uh, the Timberwolves definitely have to do some tweaking to their game, but they will definitely be a tough team when the playoffs roll around. You look at Oklahoma City, and... They're 33-26, and, 26. and I, I know that some people had a ton of expectations for this team when the season rolled around. You know, you can, you can understand. You get Carmelo Anthony from the New York Knicks, and you get Paul George from the Indiana Pacers. But I got to say, Oklahoma City's biggest problem is this. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, and Carmelo Anthony are not consistent jump shooters. Yet you see this team consistently settling for jump shots and that, is, that has been a problem for this team. Westbrook is at his best when he's driving and getting to the basket. Carmelo is at his best when he's posting up in the paint, and the same thing can be said uh, for Paul George. But the problem is that OKC continuously settles for jump shots, and I'm not going to write them off as far as winning this division because I, they're only two games back. Anything can happen. So the, I mean the thunder are going to have a shot, but I really think that their their opportunities in the playoffs are going to be limited, and I'll elaborate on that in a few uh you look at the denver nuggets they're thirty two and twenty six they're just two and a half back. This team has a legit shot uh to not only win this division but also make some noise in the playoffs. You have Portland with Damian lillard and c j McCollum they're thirty two and twenty six they're only two and a half back, but I don't see them as a realistic possibility to win this division because, again, they're another one of those squads. They're too reliant on their backcourt. You have the Utah Jazz. They won their last 11 games. They're the hottest team in the NBA, and they have everybody's favorite right now to win the uh, NBA Rookie of the Year and Donovan Mitchell. And, of course, he was able to showcase his skills once again this past weekend by winning the Slam Dunk Contest. And I got to give a ton of credit to Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder because I really thought – once this team traded Rodney Hood to the Cavs, that they were going to take a step back. And I liked what Rodney Hood was doing with his team, but they, they, you know, they've kept it going. But like I said, you know, at some point, Utah will cool off, but that point is not right now. You look at the Southwest division and the Houston Rockets have basically want to run away with this division. They've won their last ten. Typically, you would expect the Spurs to contend with the Rockets for the top spot, but San Antonio has been dealing with injuries all season long. Kawhi Leonard has hardly played. Now Rudy Gay is out, as well as LaMarcus Aldridge. And you look at the Spurs team, they're still 35-24, and 24, which is a credit to head coach Greg Popovich. You also have the New Orleans Pelicans in this division. They're 13 games out, but <clears throat> at this point, they are definitely not going to push the Rockets for first place in this division, especially – like since they don't have the services of center Demarcus marcus cousins for the rest of the season after he suffered that achilles injury now you look at the west and right now it's the rockets who were in first place they're a half game in front of the golden state warriors and the rockets you know they've they stayed in contention all season long with their shooting under head coach mike d'antoni i mean you have james harden who, you know, made his case to be the NBA's MVP last year. He's making a case once again to be the MVP. Chris Paul has really, you know, put it all together, playing alongside Harden, playing under D'Antoni. If you look at the play of the likes of Trevor Ariza and also Eric Gordon. And then I like the acquisition of Joe Johnson. You know, he he, uh, he was bought out by the Kings after he was traded there from Utah And now this guy, you know, Joe Johnson had his best years under Mike D'Antoni with the Phoenix Suns. And granted, I don't see a situation where Joe Johnson is simply going to turn back the clock and be the guy that he was in Phoenix. But you're looking at the situation, you're saying, hey, he could be a valuable guy, you know, in 15 to 20 minutes coming off of the bench for this Houston Rockets team. And, you know, I don't see the Rockets taking their foot off of the throttle because they know how important it is for them to have home court advantage in the Western Conference Finals. I think it's a little bit more important for the Rockets to have home court advantage in the Western Conference Finals as it is to the Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors is simply, you know what, we've been there, we've done it. You still have three of the better shooters in the NBA. You're talking about Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and of course Kevin Durant. And now the Rockets are simply going to try to match the Warriors jump shot for jump shot. The biggest thing is this Golden State In those last four or five minutes of a game They know how to play uh, I'm not sure if the Rockets can consistently do that Yes, they do have size with the likes of Clint Capella He's one of the top rebounders in the NBA this season But it's a situation with the Warriors These guys, you know, in those last You know, couple of minutes of a game They know how to play D You look at Draymond Green You look at Andre Iguodala You, you look at Sean Livingston And even for what it's worth Kevin Durant has been one of the top shot blockers In the NBA since he joined the Warriors So now I can see a situation where the Rockets Could push the Warriors But I simply don't see Houston having enough to beat Golden State in a seven-game series. Beating the Warriors four times in a season, in a series rather, is not easy. And I think the Rockets are going to find that out the hard way once the playoffs roll around. You look at the Spurs and it's sad. I mean, this team is probably still going to win 50 games a season, which is a credit to Greg Popovich. They've done it all through these injuries. But, I mean, you go back to game one of the Western Conference Finals, Last year you just have to ask yourself how different could things have been Had Kawhi Leonard not gotten hurt because this team was up 23 on the Warriors at the time you know things came apart Spurs still have the best System in the NBA and I think that's showing right now the fact that they are Still the third best team in the Western Conference with all of the injuries They've dealt with Uh, Minnesota they're right there at number four they should be able to overtake the spurs but it's not a guarantee because minnesota is still a team that is figuring it out and they they're they're still on trying to figure out what it takes to win on a nightly basis in the nba oklahoma city they're a good team in spurts but like i said they're going about it the wrong way they're relying on jump shots when they don't have consistent jump shooters the Denver Nuggets could be a problem in the postseason, and it's because of their man in the middle, Mr. Yusuf Nurkic. This guy is a very underrated player, and I think if if he's playing in a bigger market, and granted Denver is a big market, but if it was a situation where Yusuf Nurkic was on the Celtics, or if Yusuf Nurkic was playing in the LA market. Or if Yusuf Nurkic was playing alongside LeBron James, a lot of people would be talking about him in a different light. But I think he has the ability to put this Nuggets team on his back and around in the playoffs and upset, you know, one of, these, uh, one of the, uh, the higher if they play a higher seeded team, a la the San Antonio Spurs. The Portland Trailblazers, is I simply don't see it. And like I said before, they're relying too much on their backcourt, and now. The real race is for that A spot out west because you have New Orleans who is a half game up on the Clippers, and then they're a game and a half up on the Utah Jazz. And, of course, things changed drastically for this Pelicans team once Cousins was, was lost for the injury. Now, they did pick up Nikola Mirotic from the Chicago Bulls. They did win their last three games heading into the break. And it's going to be up to Anthony Davis to put this team on his back and get them to the playoffs. He's done it before, and now he's going to have to do it again. And I think just for the Pelicans being able to make the postseason after the way that everything went down with the Cousins injury, I think that would be a shot in the arm because if Cousins was healthy, this would be a team that nobody would want to face in the playoffs because nobody, like hardly any teams have one guy – In the NBA they could slow down And not stop, but slow down Either DeMarcus Cousins or Anthony Davis But both of them together, forget about it I mean, you look at the Los Angeles Clippers, they're right there Of course, Chris Paul Got traded in the offseason to Rockets You trade Blake Griffin after you gave him that huge uh, Contract over the summer And, you know, the Clippers Are really positioning themselves To try to go out there and make some moves In free agency this summer But, I mean, this is a credit to Doc Rivers Because you look at this Clippers team, even before Blake Griffin got traded, he had missed time with injury. They they've hardly had Danilo Gallinari all season long. DeAndre Jordan has missed time as well, but DeAndre's back. But you look at Lou Williams and what he's been able to do coming off of that Clipper bench this season. And then of course he received, he recently received an extension from this team. So that lets you know how much that they believe in him. So, I don't see the Clippers going away, and I think New Orleans is really going to have a fight on their hands if they're going to try to hold off the Clippers for that last spot in the West. You look at the Utah Jazz, and it's a situation. I mean, they've won 11 in a row, but will they have enough to get over the hump and get to the playoffs? We'll have to wait and see, but, I mean, this is the credit to another organization right here because they lost their franchise player over the summer and Gordon Haywood and free agency and absolutely got, I got absolutely nothing back in return. And I mean, they took a step back because you figure Utah last year was fifth in the West. And this time around, they've, they've took, they've taken a step back, but they are still right there in contention. And I think that's a credit uh, to Quinn Snyder and this entire jazz organization. Now the Los Angeles Lakers, they have shown improvement this year, but obviously they are still not ready to be a playoff contender. It never came together for the Memphis Grizzlies all season long. I was really shocked. And I said it before, and I'll say it again. I was shocked that the Grizzlies did not make any moves at the trade deadline as far as looking to shop center Mark Gasol and wingman Tyreek Evans. The Sacramento Kings, they continue to be arguably the worst run organization in the NBA. They're 18 and 39. They're spiraling towards another losing season. You look at the Dallas Mavericks; they're 18 and 40, but you know they're trying to put it together, and I have faith in Mark Cuban because he has shown before that he can do what he'll do whatever it takes to win. And then the Phoenix Suns, again, they don't have a clue. So I mean, we see our contenders uh, for both sides. I think the NBA's MVP race at this point it comes down to uh, LeBron James and James Harden, and you could probably flip a coin to see who is going to win that. I think Donovan Mitchell definitely gets the rookie of the year and the coach of the year right now. I am looking at either Quinn Snyder, Alvin Gentry or Greg Popovich, because I mean for Greg Popovich to win 50 games with all of the players that he has lost, I think is definitely something that you cannot overlook for Quinn Snyder to do what he is doing with after losing Gordon Hayward and having a rookie lead the way in Donovan Mitchell, I think is something that you cannot overlook. And then for Alvin Gentry to potentially get this Pelicans team uh to the playoffs without DeMarcus Cousins, I think is something that you gotta give credit to as well. And I think another guy who you have to throw into that mix is Eric Spolster. Uh you know, he got he got the heat to a forty one and forty one mark last year with not a lot of talent. He has a heat and playoff uh, contention again. So I think either one, one of those four men right there, you could not go wrong with as far as uh, giving the nod to, as far as the coach of the year goes. But even, but, but I mean, with all of that said, I think this second half of the NBA season, there's plenty to look forward to. Uh, I say it's going to be the Cavs and Warriors again, four straight years in a row. Some people may not want to see it, but at the end of the day, They are the two best teams in the NBA You have the best Players in the NBA On those teams And that's what it's all about when the NBA Finals rolls rolls around It's that star appeal who has it And right now it's simply The Cavs and the Warriors and because of that We're going to see them get it on in June For a fourth Consecutive year So folks that is going to wrap it up And as always I want to take this Time out to thank you for tuning into the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge show here on blogtalkradio.com. Now, <clears throat> I will be back on the air next month, taking a few weeks off, and I will be breaking down the upcoming 2018 Major League Baseball season. I'll have one show for the American League, and I will also have a show for the National League. Now, if you're on Twitter, please feel free to follow me at 300 Pounds of Sports. And like I always say, if you follow me, it will be my pleasure to follow you right back. You can also check out the sports discussion group on Facebook at the Sports Depot 365. Feel free to drop a line and become a part of one of the better social sites for sports on social media. Now you can continue, <coughs> excuse me, to check me out on 300 Pounds of Sports I put up my second mock draft. For the upcoming National Football League draft today, you can check it out and you can feel free to drop a comment. Now, as always, much love to 150 pounds of sports knowledge. She knows who she is, and without her, none of this good stuff that you are hearing is possible. Also, much love to my wonderful daughter, Penelope, and like I always say, it is a pleasure to see her grow and grow on a daily basis, and I know that she is going to do this, do some tremendous things in this wonderful world of ours. So once again, fine folks, my name is William Barton. Take care, have a wonderful evening, and thanks once again for tuning in to the 300 Pounds of Sports Knowledge show here on blogtalkradio.com. <laughs>